0: Hello, my name is Thomas. Welcome to British Culture Albion Never Dies, the podcast that asks, What is Britishness? And around this time of year we have two great events that bring people together. Two great community events. One Bonfire Night, remember, remember, the 5th of November. I went to a huge bonfire and firework display on Saturday, the Saturday before recording this podcast, and on the Sunday I attended a remembrance service, the 77th Festival of Remembrance at Bradford Cathedral. These are two great events that bring people together. I have touched on these on separate episodes, which I recorded well, a year or two years ago, but I thought rather than re-release it, I thought I'd record something fresh and give us something of my impressions now I've been back in the UK for over a year. So, first, Heldwick Bonfire Night, and then the Festival of Remembrance. The short poem, you may have heard it, Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. And whilst it shouldn't be forgotten, it is very rarely celebrated outside the UK, even by British expats. Christmas, Easter, and a range of other things, including Remembrance Sunday, are commemorated outside the UK by expat communities, but very, very few do bonfire night. Honourable mention here to my friend Roland Hume, who on the East Coast of America has actually celebrated Bonfire Night and I think stands out for having done so. I've generally not celebrated this abroad. In fact, where I lived in China, in Shenzhen, uh, the local city government um, forbade the letting off of fireworks. It did happen. It did happen. At Chinese New Year, there were people who let off illegal fireworks. However. However, I was generally uh, told not to do bonfire night simply because of the local regulation. I guess putting up a big fire and letting off a huge number of fireworks is actually a logistical challenge uh, if you're in another country. It is a big festival, and as I said, talk about it being big. Uh, Lewes on the south coast, L-E-W-E-S, I've been told to pronounce it Lewes by somebody who lives there. Um, This is a place well worth Googling. If you're on uh, the YouTube, then have a look at Lewes Bonfire Night, because they rarely go to an extreme of building huge displays of anybody who has upset the local committee, be it a president, a prime minister, or anyone around the world, including... I once met a fella from there, and his mother had been burnt in effigy. I was astonished at this, and uh, he explained that his mother was, a, I believe, a local councillor or mayor, and she tried to put in some kind of health and safety uh, precautions, because it is crazy. But... They responded against that by building an effigy of her and burning her. And uh, I've told a few people this. Um, I don't know if I've said it before in this podcast, but one gentleman I met um, told me, oh, that's interesting, my mother was burnt in effigy too. And this was a fella from Canada um, whose mother was the local education minister. And uh, whatever policy she was putting in proved to be unpopular. And so people built an effigy of her and set fire to it, including some of his uh, teachers. Um, So, two people I've met have had their mothers burned in effigy, so I always tell people now just in case one day I might meet the third. Anyway, anyway, when I talked about this previously, I've talked about the symbology of it. First of all, setting huge bonfires is not unique to Bonfire Night Uh, in British history, throughout British history. Major events have been commemorated with a series of bonfires, including for example, uh, defeating the Spanish Armada in 1588. Um, So this is a fairly common symbol. So it's not just that gunpowder was being used in the plot. For those unfamiliar, I'll quickly run through it uh so james the first of england was james the sixth of scotland he was our i guess our first unitary monarch in the modern uh tradition he gave us kind of peace by uniting the two and not interfering too much with politics and he was calling together parliament and somebody had rented the basement underneath Parliament, packed it with full of gunpowder, and wanted to set it off. However, Guy Fawkes wrote a letter to his friend saying stay away, and that really prompted security to have a look and see what was going on. I released a short YouTube video about this and I said If the plot had gone ahead and it killed the King and all the Lords and all the all the members of Parliament, you know, what would the effect be? What would the effect be now if you killed the Prime Minister and everyone in Parliament? Or for American listeners, how, how would America respond if the American president was killed and all of the Senate and the vice president and the speaker and so on? I imagine the response would not be good, would not be nice. So why was this being attempted? Simply because Guy Fawkes was uh, a participant in the religious wars that were raging in Europe. England had passed through the Reformation and was now at peace. We were no longer fighting amongst each other on the big island, Great Britain, and we were no longer fighting among each other, either as England, Scotland, Wales, nor were we fighting among each other as Catholics and Protestants. We knew peace, but the European continent was still in the the thick of great religious wars. Fawkes had gone to join in these wars in 1591, selling his estate in Clifton, in York, that he'd inherited from his father, and he travelled to the continent to fight in the Eighty Years' War, uh, for Catholic Spain against the new Dutch Protestant Republic, and uh, then on to France to fight there. So England was not by then engaged in any land operations against Spain, but the war, as say the Spanish Armada, was only in 1588. I do find Antonia Fraser's description of Guy Fawkes is interesting. She describes him in her uh, 2005 book, The Gunpowder Plot, as a tall powerfully built man with thick reddish brown hair, flowing moustache in the tradition of the time, and a bushy reddish brown beard, and also wrote that he was a man of action, capable of intelligent argument, as well as physical endurance, somewhat to the surprise of his enemies. So again, it's part of that big religious conflict. Because the plot was defeated, England did not become an active participant in these wars. England and Scotland and Wales. We're at peace, and in this peace, we're able to have our slow evolution towards democracy with a constitutional monarch who oversees uh, parliament and so on, with the members of parliament taking an increasingly important part of governing. The gunpowder plot being defeated, you could say, is what really helps the flower of democracy and gives us... That that unitary moment we really, really needed after the Reformation. So, Eldwick, a little village, uh, was really the place that I wanted to go to this year. And I was delighted I was able to get to it. Last year, it was spectacular. So I live, as I've mentioned before, in Bingley, small town in a valley. Eldwick is a village at the top of the valley. So from Eldwick you can see the whole valley, and last year it was not too cool, air was crisp, the air was clear, and you could see bonfires and fireworks all the way down the valley. I have never seen such a display like it. This year, the weather was absolutely the opposite. It was freezing cold, there was driving rain biting wind, ran up the hill which did warm me up and I was able to get uh, to the front line of the uh, of the crowds to watch uh, the bonfire go up. Normally when the bonfire goes up you feel the warmth on your face, even on the coldest night. This year the wind was so uh, so cold and so strong it actually kind of blew the heat the other way, but the firework display was phenomenal. So who puts on this? Well a voluntary committee first of all, sponsored by a couple of local businesses So. Janus Interiors and Manningham Concrete two businesses that would be unknown in a different postcode but are moderately successful businesses here all organised by the Eldwick Village Society so again it's mainly volunteers again there's the Birches a local pub that helps out Eldrick Village Society, there's a gala committee, Bingley Sea Scouts, Tennis Club, Eldwick Church, a Rotary Society, and, of course, some people from Bingley. Uh, but this is very much a community, and that's something I really like about Bonfire Night. It is an uncommercialised, and perhaps uncommercialisable, event. So there's no cards to send, there's no stuff necessarily to buy. I mean, you can buy the fireworks... Some people might buy the Guy Fawkes mask uh, that was shown in the Viva Vendetta movie, but I haven't seen those around lately. It's very much for crafts at school, building a guy, if that's what's being done in your local town, because it varies place to place. Um, this place did build a guy, so uh, kind of dummy to sit on top of a bonfire and be burnt along with everything else. But I guess fireworks is pretty well it. And I'm looking through the uh, the program I was given. Uh, so the gates opened at 6, the fire was lit at uh, 7.15. As I recall, everything was pretty well on time. I think 6, I was in my home. Uh, but I ran up, and as I say, in this uh, this freezing cold weather, about 100 people, maybe 200 people, came out to watch the spectacular fireworks. And anyone who was at home and had a good view of it, had their noses pressed against the window to watch. Probably one of my favourite festivals in the UK. So that is a big celebration. As I say, it's a non-commercialised community celebration. That's something I really, really like. And then from the 5th, we move towards the 11th coming up. But of course, we always have a ceremony at the nearest Sunday. So Bradford Cathedral, uh, this was on the prior, prior Sunday. This commemorates the armistice of the First World War. The guns stopped, of course, on the 11th hour of the 11th day and the 11th month. And it's now used to commemorate all those who fell in the First World War, Second World War, and from all wars since. It is used as a remembrance for all casualties of war. And whilst it may be commemorated abroad i have seen it in uh, you know in some commonwealth countries and especially with british communities cyprus and hong kong for example it remains very much a british tradition part of the Remembrance sunday is of course the wearing of the poppy so that will happen perhaps from the beginning of november you'll see the paper poppy this year introduced the new all paper poppy is supposed to be good for the environment, there's no longer any plastic involved. And this is to help raise money for the Royal British Legion, the heart of a national network that supports the Armed Forces community, so families, children and so on. According to their website, we're here through thick and thin, ensuring the unique contribution is never forgotten. We've been here since 1921 and we'll be here as long as they need us. We are the country's largest armed forces charity with 180,000 members, 110,000 volunteers and a network of partners and charities, giving us support wherever and whenever it's needed. Again, I can remember wearing the poppy and going to a Remembrance Day service in the United Nations Zone in Cyprus, which is frequently patrolled by uh, British forces. So there was a very sombre ceremony there by the war memorial in the middle of the war graves. As it happened, during the, uh, the silence, a helicopter started to fly over, disturbing the silence, and uh, one soldier broke the silence to say, "'Wrong regiment, fella!' because this was a regiment that specialised in taking down helicopters. Much murmurs among the crowd after that. They'd taken down a number of helicopters during the Falklands War. I remember particularly uh, being there uh, as invited due to my father. uh, My father was invited, rather, I went with him. And I particularly remember the reading from Revelation 21. This is a common reading, and if I read it, you'll hear Why? And they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their god and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away this is a very common bible reading for remembrance sunday also, it is common to read the poem by John McCrae in Flanders Field. In Flanders Field the poppies blow Between the crosses row on row That mark our place and in the sky The larks, still bravely singing, fly Scarce heard amid the guns below We are the dead, short days ago we lived felt dawn saw sunset glow loved and were loved and now we lie in flanders field take up our quarrel with the foe to you from failing hands we throw the torch be yours to hold it high if you break faith with us who die we shall not sleep though poppies grow in flanders fields now this poem inspired an american academic named moina michael to adopt the poppy in memory of those who'd fallen in the war she campaigned to get it adopted as an official symbol of remembrance across the united states and worked with others who were trying to do the same thing in canada australia and the uk also involved with those efforts was a french lady anna guerin who was in the uk in 1921 where she planned to sell the poppies in london where she met earl haig the founder of the royal british legion who was persuaded to adopt the poppy as their emblem in the uk the royal british legion having been formed in 1921 ordered 9 million poppies and sold them on the 11th of november that year they all sold out you have the black in the middle which used to be plastic and the green stalk again used to be plastic is now 100 percent paper to help with uh, the environment, then is the red cutout of the petals, and normally a green leaf. I can remember being on parade with the University Royal Naval unit and us all having to uh, take off the green leaf, because in the Royal Navy, uniform means uniform. You are supposed to look the same, and of course the leaves can go at different angles, and then you all look different, so we all had to take them off. The common joke being in the British Army, the only thing that's uniform is the uniform desire to look different, as everyone has their trade, their specification, their regiment, and so on. They all have unique careers, so any career soldier will pretty quickly end up with a unique, distinctive set of uh, uniform. So, the Navy and the Army having a very different culture on this. I've also taken part in parades uh, with the Navy, one of them on a Remembrance Sunday where the rain was so severe, but whole town coming out in support they with umbrellas us just marching in our wet uniforms and the navy woolly pulley dyed our white shirts navy and never never washed out that this year i was indoors in bradford cathedral funny enough it uh it went on on the 5th of november which meant that some of the city fireworks displays were were going off as we had the concert there was the sound of fireworks outside some people saying uh, rather appropriate Um, but i was particularly noticing that because the church of england is the national church it embraces everyone of all faiths where it can Um, all faith groups were represented at what is a city event so there were christians church of england of course but also roman catholic also members of the muslim population and also representative of the jewish population in bradford to see them all together commemorating the past and praying for peace in the present was i think particularly poignant especially at this time so i will draw to a close here as i say this podcast is all about what is britishness and i think these two events are very very british and bring the community together here as i say i really like uh, bonfire nights it is a great non-commercialized holiday apart from all the fireworks sellers and the remembrance sunday is an important part of our history and uh, those of us living in the country today have a lot to be thankful for so drawing to a close here all i have to say is well thank you to uh, listeners who throughout the week have been keeping tabs on me and sending messages and emails and uh, i try to respond to them all as swiftly as i can i very much appreciate them Thank you to uh, a couple of people who've recently subscribed to my YouTube channel. I put out occasional videos, funnily enough, one of them on a wartime drama operation, Mincemeat. The book is a fantastic account of a uh, espionage operation during the Second World War. And uh, it was written by Ben McIntyre, who also wrote, I think, still my favourite biography of Ian Fleming called For Your Eyes Only. Of course, there are those that go deeper into Fleming's life, Uh, But For Your Eyes Only happens to be my favourite because it tied together the real-life history of Fleming and that of his creation, James Bond, and the the cultural circus that goes all around that. And, funnily enough, the movie Operation Mincemeat took a bit of inspiration from his writings and also uh, touched on, well, some Bond and some Fleming and uh, some common myths about British intelligence. I enjoyed the film, but it was just a Colin Firth costume drama. And finally, finally... Congratulations to the listener, Donnie Waldron, who uh, who I knew before I started this podcast. I was on his podcast, Quantum of History, before I started this. Um, but he happened to be, I think, the twenty eighth person to subscribe uh, to my newsletter. Uh, you can sign up to the newsletter in the link given in the show notes. He is a lucky winner of this month's lucky draw it's not every month, but I do do it whenever I can, and uh, I just put it into a random number generator of, you know, one to whatever the highest number now is of the subscribers, I think around 50, and so bang on, 27 or 28, whichever one he was, he's one, and so a mug, alphabet of Britishness mug, I think K is for king, is on the way to him. I've also been sending out plenty of Postcards and letters to our other subscribers who've given me their, their postal address. If they've given me a postal address, pretty guaranteed of a postcard. Now when you sign up, there is the option, and the option only. Um, you don't have to put it in, but there is the option of giving me your address and then I'll send a postcard or Christmas card or something like that. But everybody gets an email once a month uh, giving my... Day-to-day life its my family and friends letter, but also a bit of a highlight of what podcasts I've been on and what I've been up to. So, thank you very much for listening. This is Thomas, British culture, Albion Never Dies, signing out. Thank you very much for all the messages you've been sending me. Please keep in touch. Goodbye.